0: Island Church in Galveston, Texas, welcomes you to our podcast. Be encouraged by Pastor Rusty Martin as he teaches the Word of God. Hallelujah. In your Bibles, turn to Ephesians 4. We're studying growing up spiritually. Now, I've taught, we've taught many times over the years on growing up spiritually, but I kind of, what kind of, what kind of... uh, Set this off in my spirit. And, I, and I, I don't, you know, I'll say this, say this, not trying to hide anything, but, you know, just the times, just what's going on. And something that kind of inspired me out of a book I was reading, uh, was reading a book about uh, uh, some men in World War II who were paratroopers and a guy that had joined the army at age 17, his parents had signed a deal, and he joined, joined the army. And actually, after basic, they begin to form these, these uh Two, actually, two uh, parachute divisions where guys would actually jump out of airplanes and uh, float down to the ground, become a, 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 a small arms fighting force is what they called them at, for, at first. And so this guy was, was saying about how he, how childish he was. What a you know he's just a teenager, just a big kid. And how, you know, went through basic and there were a lot of them, uh, you know, that were in his, in his uh, uh, unit, in his division that were just like him. And, and, you know, every little liberty they got, they just went, you know, did childish things. And he talked about how they could see the gathering clouds of war coming. And then sure enough, you know, that fateful day in which uh, uh, America was attacked there in Hawaii and World War II began. And he said he knew when World War II began uh, that, you know, uh, combat was coming. That was serious. He said, I still didn't grow him up. He said, I still didn't grow up. But he said this, he said on D-Day, actually the, the evening before D-Day, uh, flying in an airplane, uh, f- crossing that English Channel and coming into France when they begin to just, you know, they, the, the, the anti-aircraft fire from the, from the German army was just withering fire. And he says, planes begin to go down, rounds went through the plane he was in. And he said, uh, the, they called him a stick. He said, our stick was getting ready to, to jump. And he said, we were hooking up. He said, when I stepped into that doorway, he said, I grew up real quick. So there is that gradual growing in the things of God that we grow as we, we come to church. We read the, but now there, there are events that happen that grow you up real quick. And that's kind of been the inspiration of what we've been talking about, speaking on, and, and helping. Because I believe we, we're having to grow up quickly now quicker than just normal routine of life because of all that, all that has happened. Now listen, people have asked me many times. I've talked to pastors, ministers, and they, they, they make this statement. Well, you think this is, this is it. Well, if this ain't it, this is going to lead to it real quick. It being the last days, it being the, uh, the world system, uh, world government coming on strong, all of the things that, that, that you know, were kind of hidden in darkness are not out in the light. It's going to happen. It's happening now in our midst, and we're just going to have to grow up and grow up quick. So we looked at the babyhood state, and we're kind of stuck in this childhood state. And in reality, uh, you're in Ephesians chapter 4, let's read the Scripture we've been using as a jump-off Scripture. Verse verse 14 says that we henceforth be no more children. So God obviously, uh, in this Scripture, wants us not to remain in the childhood state of spiritual growth and development. It'd be terrible to remain in a childhood state, even in the natural You know, if you grew and here you got, you know, 25, 30, 35, 40. And sad to say, I got friends that are 60 and 65 that act like they did, uh, you know, when they were a child. They still act like that today. Shame to say. But in the spirit, we should grow up. Grow up in the things of God. Grow up in the word of God. Grow up in the call and the destiny of God. It says that we should be henceforth no more children. What do children? Children are tossed to and fro. They're carried about with every wind of doctrine and slight of men, and cunning craftiness, whereby they lie in wait to deceive. So they're easily deceived. The childhood state of Christianity causes you to be vulnerable to deception. And I'm telling you, in my interaction with people in the last few years, I have seen so much deception at work in people's lives, and I've thought to myself, why in the world is, are people deceived so easily like that, Lord? And the Lord spoke to me and said, because they're just children. They're just childish. So we looked at three different things, at, at being unreliable, at being curious, and being talkative. We talked a little bit about that. I'm going to come back to that talkative thing here in a couple of weeks. But, but the other thing, another trait of childhood Christianity is, being, is literally being easily discouraged easily discouraged. And listen, if you're easily discouraged, you will be easily offended. And that which the enemy uses to separate people from churches, from other believers, from missions work, from all kinds of things that God is doing in the earth today, God uses, um, excuse me, the devil uses offense. He wants people to feel like they've been victimized by what God is doing. Amen? But you got to grow up out of that and many times, discouragement leads to a place in your life in which you're easily, easily offended. Now, go to all the way back to, to Numbers. Go to Numbers chapter 21. Let me show you something here. Numbers chapter 21. Discourage to deprive one of courage, to hinder, to dissuade from participating in any activity. That's to be discouraged. Now, in in Numbers chapter uh, 21, Israel's on the move. It says uh, in verse, let me find it here, verse 4, it says, They journeyed from Mount Horeb by the way of the Red Sea to compass the land of Edom, or to go around the land of Edom. Now notice this. And the soul of the people was much discouraged because of the way. You notice that in your Bible. It says the soul, what should we know the soul is the mind, the emotions of the will. The soul of the people was much discouraged because of the way. Now, I didn't do this in the first service, but if you read the next couple of scriptures, it's not, that's not good news. It says, and the people spake against God and against Moses. Why have you brought us out into Egypt to die in the wilderness? For there is no bread, neither is there any water. And our soul loatheth this light bread. You know what they were saying? We don't like the manna, and there ain't nothing else to eat, and there ain't no water. First of all, that was a lie. They had manna. You know what manna is? The, 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 the Hebrew word for manna is this. What is it? Or actually it's this. What it is. What it, now if you, you go talk to some of these Hebrew scholars that know Hebrew much better than I do, They will tell you that the wafer, the manna that was left, if you could imagine in your mind the flavor of something, then as you ate that manna, that's what it became in your mouth. Say, man, I want this to be barbecue ribs. You'd eat it, it tastes like barbecue ribs. Say, I want this to be eggs and bacon. You'd eat it. But see, many of the people didn't let their imagination be stimulated by God, so it just tastes like a wafer to them. Amen. And they got discouraged. They got mad at God. They started murmuring against Moses. Now notice what God, listen what God did. Oh, God is so good. And the Lord sent fiery serpents. (laughs) He said, I've had it with all this murmuring and complaining. So here come the snakes. I don't want no snakes in my life. I said, I don't want no snakes in my life. In the natural, in the spirit, or any other way. No snakes. Somebody say, no snakes in my life. Now, I, I, uh, there used to be a great story. Uh, it still is. if You can, you can go uh, look up some of Brother, Pastor John Osteen's messages on the, the Internet. I, I listen to them all the time. I listen to Brother Hagin. listen to all these guys. And uh, I was reminded of one the other day. I remember him telling it several times when I was uh, a student at the Bible school in Lake, at Lakewood Church. And it's the story of something that actually happened here in Galveston. It happened back in the 30s. And the story of it was printed uh, in Reader's Digest. And it was about the time in the th- late 30s in which they had invented the vacuum cleaner. And I don't know, maybe you remember your grandmother had that big round uh, canister vacuum cleaner that the, the hose hooked on the side and, and it almost sounded like it was grinding something. You know? Well, this lady had bought one and she found out, hey, well, it cleaned and she liked it. And, and she had a little bird that sat in a cage by the window and that bird would sing all day long. A little canary or something like that. So one day she thought, well, I'm just going to vacuum, you know, the cage of the bird because it's much easier than just taking out the pail. I'll just vacuum it. And when she was vacuuming it, she knocked something and it caught her attention and she looked over at it and moved that nozzle of that vacuum and she had taken the, 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 the end off of it and it sucked that little bird right down in that vacuum. Well, she panicked and went over and unplugged it and took that hose off and opened it up and dug around, dug around in all that dirt and found that little bird. And, and the story goes, that little bird was just sitting there quivering. <laughs> That's the way some people get sometimes, amen. It <laughs> was sitting there quivering, you know. And so she got the, there was some dirt in it. She cleaned it all up. She got it all fixed up, got it for it. Finally looked like there was some life in it. She put it back on the perch, and this is what she said. She said, that bird never sang again. Amen. Now you've got to understand, God wants you to have a song. God didn't want your song to go away. And when I say a song, uh, it's more than just something that you sing. It's an attitude of your heart, an attitude of worship, an attitude of prayer. But how many have ever felt like you've been sucked down the vacuum cleaner and spit out into a pile of dirt? Hey Amen. I mean, if you're not careful, it will easily discourage you. And now here are the children of Israel, and you know, uh, they're promised the promised land. And they're fighting. Now listen, this is one of the great lessons of the wilderness. The wilderness experience of the children of Israel is a 40-year history of fighting against the will of God. They weren't, weren't, we want to go in, we want to go in. We want to go back, we want to go back. Well, God couldn't send them back. And He couldn't bring them in. So all they did was just live out their life and die in the wilderness. Everybody say, not me. me. Say, not me. me. See, you got to get yourself up. You got to brush yourself off. Listen, you got to get over the experience of being sucked into that vacuum cleaner. All those trials, tribulation, trouble. Many of you right in the middle of it right now, you're thinking, oh my God, what in the world is going on in life? Well, the enemy is just trying to stop you, halt you, and discourage you. But i got good news. God wants to encourage you, build you up, and bring you into the blessing and the dream of your life. Listen, this is the greatest day there's ever been to serve God. There's never been more revelation. There's never been more opportunity. There's never been... Listen, we're rising up out of the dirt of all this stuff that's happened. Let me just say this. This might help some of you to understand how blessed you really are. I talk to pastors and ministers all week long. And there's many churches, even here in Texas, friends of ours, that have not started having service yet. They're just still under the trauma of, man, we missed six services. We missed seven services. They call me up. How are you doing it? How how is your staff responding? Is anybody actually coming to services again? Uh, I mean, we thought we might have to live stream our church for the rest of us. No, no. Come back to church. Come back to the house of God. Come back. If you came on Wednesday night, come back to the assembly for the purpose of worship. Go to Psalms 138. Let Let me encourage you here a little bit. Psalms 138, great psalm. I'm just going to read it. I like it. It's, I will praise thee with my whole heart. Before the gods will I sing praise unto thee. I will worship toward thy holy temple. That's verse 2. And praise thy name for thy loving kindness, for thy truth, for thou hast magnified thy word above, above all thy name. Powerful word right there. Powerful word. You say, what do you mean? God's word is magnified above all his name, even the name of Jesus. You say, what do you mean? God's Word is even above the name of Jesus. Jesus has the name that is above every name, but only on the foundation of the revelation of that name does that Word work. That Word, the name of Jesus. So He's magnified His Word above His name. Amen. It says, In the day when I cried, you answered me, and strengthened me with strength in my soul. All the kings of the earth shall praise Thee. Praise Thee, O Lord, when they hear the words of Thy mouth. Yea, they shall sing in the ways of the Lord. They shall sing in the ways of the Lord. For great, great is the glory of the Lord. Say that with me. Great is the glory of the Lord. Say it again. Great is the glory of the Lord. Say it one more time. Great is the glory of the Lord. Now notice this. Uh, though, the Lord be, yet, though the Lord be high, yet he hath respect unto the lowly, but the proud he knoweth afar off. Now notice, here's the scripture I want to get to, verse 7. Though I walk in the midst of trouble. Though I walk in the midst of trouble. Anybody ever been there? Though I walk in the midst of trouble. I'm just trying to let you, let you get that settled in your spirit right now. Though I walk in the midst of trouble, thou wilt revive me. Let that one sink in a little bit. Though I walk in the midst of trouble, thou wilt revive me. Thou shalt stretch forth thy hand against the wrath of my enemies and thy right hand shall save me. Let me give you a little revelation on that. God is mad at what's attacking you. So I don't think God's an angry God. He's an angry God. He's not mad at you. He's not mad at people. He's mad at that demon force that's trying to depress your mind. He's mad at that demon force that's trying to attack your finances. He's mad at that disease or sickness that's trying to invade your body. He's mad at that which is trying to discourage you. He's mad at it and he says, I'm fixing to raise my right hand of righteousness and I'm fixing to put it in its place. Oh, you've got to expect, you've got to have those hands out. (laughs) <laughs> Glory to God. I like preaching this stuff twice. Now listen to verse, uh, verse 8. The Lord will perfect that which concerneth me. Can I do it like this? Thus saith the Lord. Thus saith the Lord. The Lord shall perfect. Amplify and says, the Lord will perfect that which concerns me. Your mercy, thy mercy, O Lord, endureth forever. Forsake not. Now listen to this one. Forsake not the works of your hands. Now listen, most of you, most everybody I know here today, I I look at your life. I know your life. I know how you believe God. I I know how you trust God, how you give, how you witness, how you do everything you can do to be a part of what God's doing uh, here at Island Church. Listen to me. Listen to me. That is, your life is the works of God's hands. I said, your life, your life is the works of God's hands. Our church together, all that we've been for 18 years, all of the missions work we do, everything we do to bless people, everything we've ever done is the works of God's hands. Come on, church. Don't you think God has a little jealousy toward the works of His hands? He absolutely does. He don't like people messing with the works of His hands. He don't like devils and demon powers messing with the works of His hands. The works of His hands are sacred. The works of His hands are holy. The works of His hands are righteous. And the works of His hands are you and me. So He says this, I'm going to perfect it. I'm going to perfect that which concerneth thee. Thy mercy, O Lord, endureth forever forsake not the works of thine own hands. He's not going to forsake you. He's not going to forsake the works of His own hands. Now, real quick, how's our time? Oh, my goodness. Go to to Hebrews. You want me to wind this up? They want me to keep going, huh? Go to Hebrews chapter 10, real quick. Hebrews chapter 10. Just two verses here. We'll do verse 35, 36. Cast not away... Therefore, your confidence. Now, remember what we're talking about. We're talking about growing up, getting out of that childhood state where we're easily frustrated, easily offended, easily discouraged. And listen, let me tell you one of the ways to grow out of that. Let me help you real good. Be an encouragement to others. Be a blessing to others. Be a help to others. And you'll you'll be amazed at how that empowers you not to get so discouraged, not to get so frustrated in the things of the world, and especially these days, all the craziness that's going on. So notice what it says. Cast not away, therefore, your confidence, which may or may not get God's attention and kind of, He might flip a little dust over the rail of heaven and bless your life. It's not what it says. It says, cast not away, therefore, your confidence, which hath great recompense of reward. Now let me say this to you, every one of you. You have a confidence in you It's not of Pastor Rusty's teaching or preaching. It's not of Island Church. It's not of any other minister that has stood behind this pulpit. You have a confidence in whose source is God. In whose source is God. He's put that confidence in you with this reality. If you don't cast it away, there's going to be a great recompense of a reward. Oh, I ought to get a better amen than that. Now the enemy knows that, so what is he trying to do? He's trying to attack that confidence. He's trying to come after that confidence. He's trying listen, that's why you don't need to be watching every newscast that comes on. You don't need to be listening to every prophecy that comes on the internet. You don't need to be exposing yourself to doom and gloom and you're gonna have to take the mark and get the chip and all that. Listen, you don't need to do that. You need to work on your confidence, securing your confidence, standing upon the foundation of the Word of God, realizing and recognizing I'm fixing to get a great recompense of reward. Let me close with this. Next verse. For you have need of patience. For you have need of patience. Now see, right after the reward, all that stuff, He says, your problem is you, have, you need some patience. And notice what it says. For you have need, have need of patience that after, after, after you have done the will of God. So all of this stuff is connected. The will of God, the great recompense of reward, casting not your confidence. For you have need of patience that after you have done the will of God, You might receive the promise. Now listen, let me close with this. I have learned to be patient. Amen? You say, now how have you learned to be patient? Not by waiting. Some people just wait. Well, I'm waiting on the Lord. For what? I'm waiting for Him to heal me. He's already done it. Waiting for Him to prosper me. Already done it. He's already given us all things that pertain unto life and Godliness. So what are you waiting on Him for? Amen. What you have need of is patience. Now the word patience, the word, the word patience in the Greek means cheerful, <laughs> cheerful, endurance with consistency. Cheerful, endurance with consistency. Now, first of all, you can't let the devil steal your song. You say, I'll tell you, I got sucked in the vacuum cleaner. Nobody's dug me out yet. (laughs) Then dig yourself out. Don't just lay in the dirt. Amen? No, what you need to do as you pray, as you study the Word, you need to begin to develop, first of all, your joy. Get your joy back. Not happiness. Happiness is dependent upon circumstances. Happiness will come. Happiness will go. Amen? But joy is consistent. Joy is consistent. Amen? So, it is cheerful, endurance. What does that mean? That means you've got to take it. I can't take it no more. Well, you're done then. I just can't take it no more, Pastor. Then you're done. What are you going to do now? Go try the Buddhists. Go try the Muslims. Go become a Jehovah's Witness. Is that what you're going to do? You can't do that. You can't give up on God. Amen? So you're going to have to... T- you're just going to... That burden got sucked into the, into, the, into the vacuum cleaner. He had to take it. Thank God the lady dug him out. You're just going to have to take it. Cheerful endurance. Man, I've endured so much. Keep enduring Keep enduring. God, what we read in Psalms 38, He's going to strengthen you. Amen. And then, this is my last one, with what? Consistency. Now see, here's something you're going to have to get back into because your consistency was broken by events that have happened in the world. The Lord spoke to me he said, there'll be people that, th- this, this will be their opportunity. This will be their opportunity to just kind of fade out of church. Because see, what was happening, if you remember before this, what was happening, we were planning to go to two services. God was moving in our services. People were coming. All this kind of stuff was happening. God was blessing. And then all of a sudden, boom, this happens. And some of you have friends, you have family, people that you were bringing to the church, and we've not seen them. And they've just kind of, mm, this is I. We can just kind of, that's not consistency. You've got to be consistent. You've got to stay with it. That's why you say, Pastor, you're always saying we need to be in every service. We need to be in prayer. Just leave us alone. No, no, you must build some consistency on the inside of you if you're going to receive the promises of God. Listen, there are 10 million excuses not to come to church anymore. There is. The enemy has made sure I might get the coronavirus. Not here you won't. I said not here you won't. You say, why? Because the angels of God are encamped around about us. No evil befalls us. No plague comes by our dwell. We got something stronger than a vaccine. We got the sure word of God. Amen. Some churches are going to have to start declaring that or else they're not going to make it. They're not going to come back. But listen, you may be watching on live stream. And think, well, this is so much more comfortable us to just kind of lay around in our jams and with our feet up and watch on live stream. Don't do it! Don't do it. You say, why not? You need to be back in church, back in the house of God. Well, it don't look like there's any room with this social deal. We'll make room. I said, we'll make room. You've got to realize that the childhood state of Christianity many times looks for excuses to fade out, to kind of move out of the things, move out of spiritual. You will find out if you do that, this is the worst time ever in history to back away from God thank you Jesus lift your hands and worship God father we worship you thank you for your goodness thank you father that we're growing up we're growing up we're growing up in the things of almighty God amen amen did I mention we're taking two offerings we're taking two offerings somebody ought to shout Another opportunity to be blessed. We do it every month on the third Sunday of the month. We receive a missions offering. Our missions giving. We're a missions church. We love all of these people that get flashed on this screen. Are people in the nations of the world that we are actively working with in order to preach the gospel. In order to uh, facilitate churches being built. And all of the wonderful things that God is doing. Now, right now, as this situation unfolds around the world, I'm talking to people all over the world every week. I talk to people in the nations of the world. The food supply of many of the third world nations is drying up very quickly. Food is being rationed. Food is at a premium. And many of our missionaries now are doing everything they can do. We've had calls because of t- what's going on in Tanzania, in Nepal, in several, uh, in Pakistan, in uh, where else? In India, another, another was another nation, slips my mind right now. But these missionaries have kind of re-geared and retooled in order to feed these hungry people, especially the Christians and anybody else that needs to be fed. So we're participating in that. I think one one group were it's twenty-five dollars for a family of four for a week. Another group, it's $30 for a family of four for a week. Well, praise God, we've given millions of dollars over the years to preach the gospel. Now it's time to prove it, amen? And love these people by making sure they have food in their mouth. Not only that, we need to pray for all these missions outreaches. I'm talking to Pastor Paul last night, they're telling them it's September before they can gather again as a church. It's not. That's not good. I said, that's not good. They need to be preaching the gospel. That church is a powerful church in that nation and needs to be gathering now, not in September. Ought to get a better amen than that. Uh, Christopher Alam has had to cancel crusade after crusade after crusade. Listen, in 2015, in his crusade ministry, in one year, they won over a million souls to Jesus. That guy stands in this pulpit and calls us his friend. We need to pray that the nations open back up. The report we got from Tanzania. Egan and Hannah Falk are the reason Tanzania is not a Muslim nation. Bible school, Christian school. Now, in their Christian school, they feed 650 students, uh, first grade to 12th grade, they feed them three meals a day. They haven't been able to feed their students for two months. And they're not getting getting food. Egan and Hannah cannot leave Denmark. They can't come to the States. They can't go back to Tanzania. They, they, They were supposed to be with us in April. They've been with us in April for 12 years, 13 years. They've been with us in April. They weren't able to be with us this year. Amen. Listen, we're the people that God is using to help supply. I've said this before. We've studied in the Word of God. They pray and they ask God for money. Did you know that? Missionaries do that. They pray. They ask God. They said, Lord, we need finances. We need money. And then God touches our heart. And every third Sunday of the month, we give money to those missionaries. Then they get a check from us. And you know what they do? When they get that check, you know what they do? They worship God. And the Lord talks about in Scripture how that our giving incites the worship of others. That means they're worshiping God because God is speaking to us and we're listening to it. And we're obeying God. Isn't that good? Hold up your offering this morning. Say this out loud. Heavenly Father, thank you for an opportunity to be a help in the nations of the world. Help us to feed. Take what we give. Bless it. Break it. Just like you did, Jesus. In the Bible, let a dollar turn into a hundred. Let a hundred turn into a thousand. Let a thousand turn into a million as we preach the gospel through our giving and through our activity of helping feed them in Jesus' name. We thank you. We believe we receive. It's ours in the name of Jesus. Amen. You can bring your offerings up. Now let me remind you, communion service tonight. Come to the communion service. You'll pick up your, uh, I guess we took it down. No, here it is right here. Isn't this cool? It's got a little wafer in the top. It's got the juice in the bottom. You pull the top off and take the wafer, then the second top and you'll have your juice. And nobody has to hand it to you. It'll be all clean, sterile, ready for you. And then what we're going to do, We're going to teach out of Mark 3, Mark 5, and Acts chapter 19, and we're going to show you in the Word of God how there is a doctrine of anointing being transferred into cloth. Does anybody agree with that? Then we've got Leah and the the staff have gotten some wonderful cloths together, and we're going to put those cloths. Now you can come and you can pick one up for yourself, or you can pick one up for a loved one, or somebody else that may need one. But we have seen over the years how these cloths, just it's not the cloth itself, it's the anointing in our faith in that anointing that causes people to be touched by the power of God. And we're going to believe, God, that out of this service tonight, that there's going to be a great anointing, a great presence. that's going to go right into those calls and right into the needs of people's lives. Amen. Praise God. Stand on your feet, Father. Everybody give that was one to give. Praise the Lord. Make sure. Praise God. Father, thank you so much for today, for your wonderful presence and power, for your anointing, your grace, your mercy, as is our custom, as is our tradition. We thank you, Father, for Psalms 91, declaring over the entire church, even those watching live stream, no evil befalls us, no plague comes in our dwelling place, angels have charge over us. We thank you, Father, whether we travel on the highways, the airways, the seaways, or the railways, we are blessed and protected of God. We thank you, Father, also. As we go back to work, many people going back to their jobs, back to their places of employment, back to their businesses. Thank you, Father. No no, no trauma, no terror, uh, no evil plans of uh, of wicked men, no diseases of any kind. Father, we thank you that we abide under the shadow of the Almighty, that a thousand could fall at our side, ten thousand at our right hand, but it shall not come nigh us. Only with our eyes shall we behold and see the reward of the wicked. Father, we thank you also for a door of utterance. Let us be a blessing to people, a problem to the adversary, a miracle in people's lives this week. Let the fire of personal evangelism burn in our spirits, Lord. Let us be a light lit and placed upon a hill, dispelling all the darkness around us. Fathers, we leave today. We love you so much. We walk in faith and love towards you. Thanking you for your goodness and your mercy toward us. We walk in love toward one another. Thank you for our church. We leave as the ambassadors of Christ you've called us to be. Thanking you, Lord, here at Island Church. We're covered by the blood, empowered by the word, and anointed by the Holy Ghost. God bless you. Thank you for listening to Island Church's podcast. To find out more information about Island Church in Galveston, Texas, visit our website at islandchurchgalveston.com. Hallelujah, Jesus.